Hey, thanks, guys. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm really glad that you are here with us today at Church in the Valley. Uh, my name is Jeep Underwood, and I'm going to be, we're going to be looking today at just at God's desire to spend personal time with us so that we have the relationship that he really has intended all along. On the, on the image behind me, you see there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a table and a couple of chairs. And it really just kind of designates how God really wants to spend personal one-on-one time with us because he really cares about us. And he really wants to help us really as we navigate and we live our lives. <clears throat> now, I know, you know, life, life is really challenging. Uh, and the stakes are pretty high. And I don't know about you, but when, you, when you're young, when you're young, you tend to think life is real simple and it's real easy. In fact, in a lot of ways, it is. Um, but in, you have kind of a naive approach to things. But then as you get older, you start taking on responsibility, you start seeing things a little bit differently, and you begin to see that life gets more complicated and more complex as you live it. And, <clears throat> you know, there's always there's challenges that you really face and that I really face, and you have to really just really how to figure out how to navigate those challenges in life. Things like, you know, how do you handle how do you handle work when the pressure really goes up? You know, how do you uh, how do you have a good marriage on a day to day basis? How do you raise kids to be productive members of society? <laughs> you know, uh, uh, just how do you help them really learn how to actually engage and live in the world and really find their place in it? You know, how do you how do you deal with your internal life? Uh, just the fears you have, the anxiety, the anxious thoughts, the worries you have. You know, how do you deal with those things? You know, we all deal with those things, and we really, we really have to move through them to make decisions on how we're going to live our lives. And what we, what we, what we do as we go through life is we, we, we ask God for help on those things. As we go through life, we ask for God's help, and that's a very good thing to do. <clears throat> but that is just a, it's a one way, it's a one way communication that way. And what God really desires is He really wants to spend time with us, so we'd be able to speak into our lives. You know, what if God wanted to say something specific into your situation right now? How would you, how would you hear him if you didn't stop to listen? So we, that's one thing we'll talk about today is how do you stop and listen so that you can really hear God speak into your life with what you're really facing? You know, God really desires that for each one of us. He desires this two-way communication where we have a really, a real relationship with him where we can hear him and really get the help that we need. And I want to look at, I want to start looking at this morning is a passage in Isaiah. This is God talking. And he writes, he tells us to Isaiah and Isaiah writes it down. And he says this, come all you are thirsty, come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Go to the next verse. Why, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. You know, we all, we all tend, it's really easy to spend our time and our money and our efforts really on things that don't satisfy. They're fun in the moment, but we, we tend to spend a, a lot of our time and, uh, just on things that just don't really satisfy us. And here's God. God has actually given us this huge invitation. And he says, I, what I'd really love, he says, I would love for you to come to me and get satisfied with a real relationship with me and really come to the table and really meet 
with me. And, you know, this, this character, this relationship is really characterized by, by listening to him. And, you know, there's a, there's an abundance to what God really wants to give. He says, you know what? It's going to be like the richest affair. And it's going to be help and things to help you really where you're at right now. <clears throat> and then he references back to David. David is one of the guys in the, in the, in the, in the, in the scriptures that have one of the closest relationships with God. And he says, I want us to be just like that. That's what God's saying here. Uh, you know, I heard a speaker a few years ago and, uh, a really good speaker and he, he showed up in this town, uh, the, in this uh, city to speak and he stayed at a friend's house. And as he he goes into this friend's house and he, he meets their families talking with them and then his, the friend's little boy is about eight or nine years old and they're talking. He goes, do you like baseball cards? And he goes, yeah, yeah I used to collect those when I was a kid. And he goes, Oh man, do you want to see my baseball card collection? And he was thinking, sure, sometime. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'd like to see that. And so he goes upstairs and he goes to the room they gave him and he's kind of working on his talk that night. He's got his, he's kind of put his talk together and he comes running down the stairs and he's going to hit the door and he's going to get in his car and go to where he's going to speak. And as he's running down the stairs, something catches his eye and he looks over and he sees this little boy. A little boy sitting in the living room and he's laid all of his cards on the coffee table. And they're all grouped in meaningful ways to him. They're all grouped there and he's just sitting on the couch. Just waiting for him to come back down. And so he's like, man, I gotta go. He looks, he looks over there and he goes, I, I've gotta go connect to this little boy. And so he goes over there and he talks to him and the little boy's going, yeah, and here's, you know, I got this card. And he goes, oh man, it's really cool. And he's like, you know, the whole time he's kinda like going, but I gotta, I gotta go. But, and then finally he, he says, I really like this. He says, but I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back later and we, and you can show me more. And he goes, oh, okay. And so as he walks out the door, as he hits the door and he's heading to his car, he said that God just, God just really spoke to him. And he just said, you know, that's exactly how I feel about you. You know, there's times when I have the table set. I have, I have things that I want to share with you. I see what you're facing. And I really want you to, I just want to be able to connect with you, but you go running past me because you're just too busy. And he just, it just really marked him and it just, uh, began to change the way that he was really relating with God. So this, that image of the ch- table and chairs is really a, it's a good image. God is really seated at the table with an open invitation for us to really join him there. Where our tendency though is to say, but God, I've just got too many responsibilities at work. I just, I got too much going on. Or it's, you know, I've got too many responsibilities in the family and I just got too much going on. And, or, but God, with the challenges that I'm facing, I just don't have time. You know, and I've been there and I've been there and I understand that feeling. I understand it very well. But those challenges are exactly what God wants to speak into. Those challenges are exactly what God wants to speak into. He really wants the two of you to go into life together. And he has specific things he wants to speak into the challenges you're facing and give you real help and real perspective on it. And uh, his invitation is always there. In fact, I think he's saying something like, there's always a seat at the table for you, so come on in. So what I want to do today, I want to like talk about three things. Is just how do you take God up on that invitation to really connect to the help that he wants to give in a real meaningful way? We look at, we're going to, you need to give him time. You need to be transparent with him and really real. And you need to submit to what he says. Really put what he says into practice. 
So we'll take those one at a time. Uh, you know, give Him time. You know, to be able to listen to God, you really have to have time to connect with Him and listen to Him. You know, Jesus really practiced this in His, in his life. Um, he, he had a lot of pressures in His life. Could you imagine having crowds of people coming to you because they need help? He just had, he had so many things he was managing. He had guys he was training, he had guys he was helping, and then he also had just crowds of people coming around uh, to really get some help. I want to look at just a, a picture this morning in Mark, in Mark chapter one. It just, Mark captures this one, this one, this one day, and he says, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed, basically everyone that, everyone who needed help, and the whole town gathered at the door. Now, these houses weren't that big. And you can imagine having a whole town gathered at the door. It had to have been hundreds of people. We don't really know exactly, but it had to have been a a huge crowd. And so Jesus spent, he spent several hours. Now, it said in the evening after the sun had set. That's when it started. And so he spent time. He was working. He's just helping people, healing people. And then, and casting out the the demons and the things that were uh, really oppressing people. And then I want to take a look. Let's look at the next day. This is uh, just a couple verses later. It says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions began to look for him. And when they found him, they said, Everyone's looking for you. You know, they're like, Jesus, there's needs. The people are still there. There's lots of things going on. And... But what it says is, in the in the face of that need, in the face of what was going on, Jesus really felt that he needed to connect with his father so he'd really be able to hear from him as to what he needed to do. He needed to make some decisions. So he says, in the early morning when it was still dark, I don't know about you, but after helping a lot of people, I, I would have felt like sleeping in. But he got up because he wanted to meet with his father. And then he went away to a secluded place. You know, he got away from the crowds. He got away from the pressure, away from the needs to just spend time with God so he could really hear from him. And then it says he was praying there. He was just taking personal, private time to connect with God one-on-one so that he'd really have the input that he needed. Now, this is, this is a very common thing for Jesus. This is kind of the way he, it was, his, it was the way he, he lived his life. In Luke, uh, Luke captured like more of a, more of a bigger picture, kind of like the way it looked. And he says this in Luke 15. He says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now the pressure, the pressure just, just seemed to keep coming on. As, as Jesus became more well known, there's just more and more people came around for help. And in the face of that, he just would often withdraw to a lonely place, just a solitary place, where he could pray and really connect with God. Um, he One thing he knew and one thing he understood is that to know what God wants done, he had to hear what God wanted done. And to hear that, he really needed to spend time with his father so that he could really hear from him. And one thing that's really interesting is that Jesus prioritized his time with his father over the needs of people, over the work of the ministry, over expectations of people. It was it was so important. It was the, it was this this cornerstone, this bedrock, in the way he related, so that he would really know how, what to do. In fact, in the book of John, several times Jesus says something like this. He says, "I only do what I see the Father doing," or he'd say things like, "I only say what I hear the Father say." 
He just had a vibrant connection with God and get input from him, and, and that's the way he, he rolled. You know, you can't, you can't really listen in a crowd uh, where there's a whole this stuff going on. You really can't listen in the normal activities of life. You really can't listen when you're driving 70 miles an hour trying to get to the next thing you've got to get to. You really need to have find a place where you can be mentally alone and just uh, and really listen and listen from God. So that the first thing is you you just really need to carve out some time to really listen and, and really to do that you need to prioritize your life just every day or at least several days a week where you can just spend that time alone with Him listening to Him. The next thing the next thing you know as you spend time with Him, be really transparent with Him. Tell Him what you're really dealing with. Be really, uh, be really transparent. Be really real. Um, you know, God really wants to speak to our hearts. He wants to speak to the real issues of our life. And He wants us to be, you know, just be really honest with Him and pour your heart out to Him. Sometimes we get this idea that we have to perform our way into His good graces. Like, He's not, we really can't connect with Him unless we're doing like a lot of things right. But the incredible thing about grace, if you've accepted Christ, and you've really made him the boss of your life. You're, the grace of God, what Jesus did on the cross, paved the way and opened the way for you to really have a relationship with God and really to to speak freely to him and tell him what you're really facing. And so I would really encourage you, you bring your real self and your what you're really dealing with to him and bring your cares to him and ask him to speak into those issues that you're facing. You know, if you're angry, if you're angry about something, tell him. Tell him what you're struggling with. Be honest with him. If, if you can't figure out some issues at work, tell him and ask him for some input. Um, if you if you're overwhelmed, just tell him and ask him for help. Just just really bring what you're dealing with to him. Now, uh, several years ago, several years ago, I was uh, I was a project engineer leading a few projects, uh, flood control projects where I worked, and I remember. Uh, our boss at the time got a promotion or like a temporary promotion for two years. And so we were kind of bossless. And so what they did is they decided that they would take some of us and, uh, and for four months at a time, they would have us be the supervisor. So they had all the competent people do it. And then my boss came into my office, my, my uh, cubicle and he goes, my boss's boss came in. He goes, Underwood, you're the next fish in the barrel. I wasn't really sure what that meant, but it didn't sound very pleasant. And so basically I was going to become the supervisor. Uh, but I still carried my, all my job. So I, so it was a, it was a great opportunity to carry a lot of work and then supervise 14 people as well. And so it was overwhelming. Uh, it was overwhelming. I learned a lot, but after, after about two months, you know, my capacity was here and what was happening was up here. And I, I was just really, uh, I was really just very, very overwhelmed. And I remember, uh, one night I was just, you know, just working through the day trying to get things done. And just before I left that night, someone came in and they said, Hey, you know, on the Reach 9 project, we need to have a geotechnical engineer there tomorrow. They're having some issues out there and they really need somebody. And I'm getting ready to head out and there's so many other things that I'm dealing with. And I just, I just went, okay, all right. Hey, well, I'll, I'll deal with that tomorrow. And I, and I headed out and it kind of, it just weighed on me. The next morning I, I spent some time with God. And I just kind of just told him, man, God, I, I'm out of my capacity. And this, this extra thing, I just don't have, I just don't have time to go chase that down. Could you take care of that? Somehow, some way, could you just take that off my plate? 
And so I, so I got to work that day. I, I, I was booting up my computer. Uh, it was still warming. It was still coming up. And one of our best geotechnical engineers came over from the other side of the, the building. He walked over to my cubicle and he goes, Hey, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've been to the Reach 9 project. Do you think it'd be a good time for me to get out there? And I said, uh, well, yeah, actually it'd be a great time. They actually were asking for someone. I think there's some issues out there they need to have someone look at. Oh, well, good grief. I'll just go then. Great. Thank you. And he walked, he walked off and I thought, wow, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. And God just took that away. He just took care of that for me. And then about mid morning, another one of my, I don't know, a friend of mine came over and was talking to me and he, he sat down and he goes, how do you do it? And I said, do what? He goes, how do you handle all the pressure? Being the, being this boss and leading your projects. He says, I, I, I don't know how you do it. And I looked at him. I was so tired. I just said, well, you know, honestly, uh, I pray. He goes, really? I said, really? And he's a guy I'd shared a few things with and he wasn't, he wasn't too interested in the things of God. And, but he and I knew each other real well and he knew I wasn't lying. And he goes, really? And I said, really? And then I, I just told him that story that I just told you. I just told him, you know, the things I was up against and how, how God had just taken care of that. And he goes, really? <laughs> I said, really? And he goes, really? And I said, really? I mean, he did it so many times it was embarrassing. And then finally he goes, huh. And then he starts walking down. He walks through our sea of cubicles. And for about 60, 70 feet, I heard him. He kept going, huh, huh, huh. And I just kept going. And I don't know if he stopped or if I just, my ears weren't good enough. I don't know. But but there's just, there's a reality of walking with God that you get real help when you connect with him. And actually, it begins to spill over in other people. They begin to see the reality of him. The the The, the third thing I want to look at today is just, you need you need to make time, give time to God, prioritize that time, be transparent with Him what you're really facing, and then you need to submit to what He says. Um, I want to tell you I want to tell you another story. Um, when Kate and I when Kate and I had been married for about seven years, um, we we kind of we got to a we got to a phase where we were having more arguments. You know, when you first get married. You're like, no, what do you want? No, just do whatever you want. And so I read a book once called, they called it Unrealistic Love. And I said, okay, we get to be unrealistic for two years. This would be great. Um, but then, you know, we, we, we just started, there were things that we just didn't agree with each other. We get into arguments. And one thing that was really concerning me is our arguments would go too long. And they would, uh, and they would end up, and I could tell that, uh, Kate was getting hurt and I could tell most of it was my fault. But the problem was I couldn't figure out, I just couldn't figure out like what was really going on with me. Like, and so I was trying to figure, so I was just, just trying to figure out like what is it that I'm doing that's causing this just, just to, to spiral out like it, like it has been. And so one morning I was just meeting with God and I, I remember I just said, God, it was just one of those, it kind of came to a head where God was dealing with me on this and he, and I just said, God, I, I need to do something different, but I can't see it. I don't, I don't know what is wrong with me. I don't know, I don't know where I'm off the tracks. 
Could you just show that to me? Show me something that just helped me understand what, what I can do different. And that morning, I'd been reading in the Minor Prophets. And so that morning, I was reading the book of Amos. And I just started it. So Amos chapter 1. And as I read it, as I started reading it, I realized that it was God speaking to nations. And my first thought I had was, I don't know if I'm going to get much help on my marriage because God's talking to nations in this passage. And then I just read a few verses down and something really struck me. And it's on the screen right now or should be soon. But Amos 1.11 says, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not revoke its punishment because he pursued his brother with the sword while he stifled his compassion. His anger also tore continually. He maintained his fury forever. When I read that, God just, couple of couple of things. One is I, I saw this picture. God just put this picture of a typical argument in my, in my head. And I realized that there were times, I guess the words that really struck me were, he stifled his compassion. It struck right down, and I, and I could see a typical argument, and I could see, like, Kate and I, we would, uh, we'd have a disagreement, and there would be a point in that, a point in the disagreement when we're arguing that I would begin to feel compassion for Kate. And I would want to win the argument. Uh, and I would just push through that, and I would, I would push it down. I'd never, I'd never seen that before, but when I read that, I realized that I was letting my anger just build and build trying to have my way and trying to trying to win the argument. And so that became that that was an eye-opening thing for me. And so I began I began to really work on that. And I, I began to use that as a trigger. Like when we when we got into an argument, when I began to feel compassion, instead of stifling, I began to just fan the flames of it. I just went, God, that's what I need to do. And that became a trigger for me that to where um, I would either just Leave the argument, just kind of end the argument and say, you know what, we're too, we're too worked up right now, let's just stop. And it's actually okay to not agree on everything. And I've, I guess God trying to bring me to that realization. And then other times just, you know, you know, Kate, um, hey, just, you know, just tell her, hey, let's talk later about it. Let's come back to it when we're not so emotional. And it just, it greatly improved our relationship. And I'm just very grateful for that. Um, those, those are the kind of things that God really helps with as you meet with Him and as you spend time with Him. Now, I still I, I struggle with things all the time, just just like all of us do. There's all kinds of things I struggle with, but if we'll accept God's invitation and take our seat at the table and really listen to Him, then we'll find the relationship that we've always been looking for. We'll find we'll find the help that we need, and we'll find the direction and the guidance that we need in the moment. And so, the, so as I wrap up, as I wrap up the talk today, what are what are some things that get in the way? What are some things that get in the way? You know, maybe maybe it's kind of a thought like, well, you know, I've tried that before. I've tried that before, and I, you know, Jeep, I I just didn't have the I just didn't have the benefits you're talking about. You know, I think there's something about all of us that we tend to we tend to stop short of things before we actually see the benefit of them. Like when I was uh, when I was 18 years old, uh, it became clear to me that I needed to lose weight. It's been a common experience in my life, but I realized I needed to lose weight, and so I thought I'm going to start running. And that was like that was a remarkable thought for me. And 
So then I thought, well, where am I going to run? I thought, well, I'll run around our house. So I went and I measured around our house, and I found out how far a mile was. And it was 13 laps. So when you're trying to keep track of things, you know, that can, those numbers can get pretty big. But, but it was 13 laps around the house, and I thought, well, I'm just going to do a mile a night. I'm going to go out there and do a mile a night. And so I got around, like, lap five, and I started sucking all the oxygen out of the air. And I was like, I was kind of done. <laughs> and so I just kept walking. I just went, well, I'm going to walk it then. And so that became, for a couple of weeks, I just would run as far as I could, and then I would start walking. I'd do a mile a night. And then about two and a half weeks in, I was running, and I got the mile uh, to, uh, I got to uh, lap five, and I didn't need to stop. And then I, I, so I went ahead and ran a mile, and I didn't need to stop. I ran like a mile and a half. And I remember just walking back to the end of the house going, whoa, that was very, very different. So I began running like a mile and a half a night, and then I began running at, by as they went, as the summer went on, I began running about three miles a night. And I lost about 80 pounds. It was a pretty huge uh, event for me. I think, you know, what if, what if I had stopped at week two and said, this is, this is just not going to have any impact? I just never would have gotten that benefit. And I think it's real easy as you, as you meet with God to stop just short of when you really would connect with Him, when you really kind of, Get to the place where he, you and I are, he and you and he are really connecting. And so I just, just encourage you, if that's the way you're feeling, to just, uh, to just pick that up again. Now another thing that might be in, might be in the way of that is, is it doesn't feel very urgent in the moment. It doesn't feel very urgent. Now what urgent feels like is getting your, getting to work on time. That's urgent. You know, getting your kids up and going, that is urgent. Uh, get, making sure the homework gets done, that's pretty urgent. Um, but spending time with God in the moment doesn't feel so urgent, but it's extremely important. You know, if we don't, if we don't develop that lifestyle of accepting God's invitation, then we just don't learn what God wants to teach us. And we just don't grow the way God wants us to grow. And we just don't change the way God wants to change us. And so if you've never, if you've never done this before, if this is, if that's something you've never done where you just carved out some time where you can meet with God and listen to Him, then I would encourage you, just uh, to set an alarm clock tomorrow morning just a little bit earlier and and spend some time with the Scriptures just listening to what God has to say. Now, can you do it in the evening or in the afternoon? Yes, there's no rule on that. But in the morning is just a great time because your day hasn't start, started yet and you can really put some things, you can really, uh, you can really bring out, uh, bring to God the things that you're facing as you go into the day. But I would just carve out 15 minutes, 10 minutes, and... Just start. Just start. And you might want to just, just open your Bible, maybe just pray something like, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I just want to hear from you. But just start, just trying to listen to him. And it could be, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you've gotten away from this for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's just the busyness or urgent things that are in your life. You know, maybe it's discouragement. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's distraction. Just start again. Just start again. Find a place, prioritize the time, and be transparent and real with God, and then submit to what he says. And just watch and see what he does in your life as you just work on being consistent with that. Uh, and what he, as you do that, you're gonna walk, you'll find that you walk into the future with him, and you get direct input into the issues that you're facing. So God is saying to each one of us today, there's a seat at the table for you, so come on in. So it's our move. There's a seat at the table for you, so 
go ahead and just join him there and accept that invitation. So I'd like to ask the band, I'd like ask the band to go ahead and come back up. And uh, if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, this would be a, a good time to go ahead and finish filling that out. And I'm just going to go over a few next steps. You know, maybe for you, maybe to, the next step for you is just to find a place and make time to meet with God. Or, or maybe for you it's just to develop a habit and lifestyle of meeting with God. Maybe it's picking it back up. Um, but just press through and really get to the place where God is, re- you and he are really connected and really get to that place where he, he's really, the relationship he intended for you is really there. With that, let me, let me ask, well, we'll go ahead and pray. Dear God, Father, I just pray this morning that for each one of us that, uh, as we choose to spend time with you, that you would deeply connect with us and that you would help us Father, in the things that we're really facing and give us real input. And God, I just pray that over time we could see the change in our lives and the real help we get. In Jesus' name, amen.